Welcome to a powerful message from the Lighthouse Chapel International, Bronx North Branch. Lighthouse Chapel International branches worldwide provide every member the training, support, and encouragement to fulfill the Great Commission and to go to heaven and hear Jesus say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. Tonight, for the opportunity to be here, we are grateful, Lord, for your Holy Spirit. Spirit of God, teach us. Spirit of God, minister to us. We subdue every voice that is not of God. Any foul spirit that will lift itself above the knowledge of God, we subdue it tonight in the name of Jesus. Have your way, Spirit of God. We glorify your name in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Clap your hands together for the Lord. And clap for our powerful musicians. And our powerful minstrel. God is blessing us. I said God is blessing us. Say mightily. God is blessing us. Yes. When I say God is blessing us, you say mightily. God is blessing us. Yes. Amen. Wonderful. Why don't you take your seats, please? Tonight, I want to share a very simple message for a short time. And um, we will close. Tonight, I want to draw our attention to the power that lies on our tongues. I'm talking about the power of our words. The power of our words. The power of your words. Hallelujah. You know, one man of God said that um, the head has three pairs of openings. You know, the head has um, two pairs of eyes. Isn't that so? And we have two pairs of nostrils. Isn't that so? That we smell. Two pairs of eyes that we see. And we have two pairs of ears that we hear with. But we have only one mouth. What a shock. Only one mouth. Just one. And look how massive damage that one mouth can cause. Just one. So imagine if we had a pair of mouths. I don't know what it would have done to us. You know, if we had a pair of mouths. I don't know what we would have done. Francis, if we have one mouth here and another one, or one side to side, like two. Amen. But there is a little member in the mouth that I want us to focus on. Who is the cause of all the troubles that we cause for ourselves? And that is the almighty tongue. The almighty tongue. 
Now, do you know that the tongue is the main reason why a lot of us are even struggling with weight? Do you know that? Do you know it's the tongue? The tongue is what tells us how much we should weigh. The tongue is what detects to us how much we should weigh. Did you know that? You see, some people don't know that. And some people think that um, it's the stomach. So sometimes people go for surgery where they cut part of their stomach off. They reduce their stomach and say, I don't want to eat a lot. But I tell you, you can cut part of your stomach off. If you don't tame the tongue, if you don't tame the tongue and tell the tongue what it should put in or what it should like and what it should eat, you still cannot control it. Do you understand? But people pay so much money to do that. But what we need to do is to pay attention to this little member, this small member. The tongue is the main person that we have to focus on. Hallelujah. But tonight, I'm not talking about this function of the tongue, about consuming food or tasting food, but I'm talking about the function of the tongue about bringing words out, about talking. Amen. The words that come from our mouth. Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 21. Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 21. The scripture says, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Death and life, they are in the power of the tongue. It means the tongue has what? Power. The tongue has power, or the tongue is powerful. Amen. And the the power to control death or the power to bring on life, it lies in the tongue. The tongue has that power. The NIV says, the tongue has the power of life and death. And those who love it will eat its fruits. Those who love it will eat its fruits. The tongue. The NLT says, the tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. If you are a talk lover, if you love to talk, you will reap the consequences. So the consequences of the words that we speak, they are life or death. Amen. Amen. Do you know that in a court, people's words can either decide to bring your life to an end or make you go forward, make you be a free person. People's life can cause you to be killed or allow you to live. People's words, what they will say. Amen. Amen. Proverbs chapter 13 and verse 3. Quickly, Proverbs 13 and verse 3. It says, He that keepeth his mouth keepeth his life, but he that openeth wide his lips shall have destruction. He that keepeth his mouth, keepeth his life. But he that openeth wide his lips shall have destruction. Another one, Proverbs chapter 21 and verse 23. Proverbs 21 verse 23. 
He says, Whoso keepeth his mouth and his tongue keepeth his soul from troubles. If you keep your mouth and your tongue, you keep your soul from trouble. Wow. Just your soul, just your mouth and your tongue, if you are able to keep it, if you are able to control it, you will keep your soul from troubles. Amen. Amen. So the tongue is a very powerful member. James chapter 1 and verse 26. Just reading a lot of scriptures to you here. Let's read James chapter 3 first. James chapter 3, verse 5. James chapter 3 and verse 5. I'm reading from the NIV. It says, likewise, likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body. Do you realize that the tongue is a small part of the body? You don't even, how many of you look at your tongue every day? Besides the moment that you are brushing your tongue. You don't look at your tongue every day. You forget even that you have tongue. When you are consuming food, you don't know that there's a tongue that is making you take in certain things. You are not conscious of it. Because it's a very small part of the body. It says, likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. So you can see a very small person, but as long as the person has tongue, that person can make great boasts. Say big things that you cannot associate with that person. <laughs> Do you understand? You say, consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. So you, when you see a great forest, you see a big forest, a very small spark of fire can set the whole forest to fire, I mean on fire. Isn't that so? The Bible says the tongue also, the next verse, verse 6, it says the tongue also is a fire. The tongue is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. That is the tongue. The tongue is a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body. Sets the whole course of one's life on fire. Your tongue can set the whole course of your life on fire. And is itself set on fire by hell. Amen. Amen. It's amazing. Just that small little member of the body. Verse 26. I mean, James 1 verse 26. He says, if you claim to be religious. Are you listening? How many of you are religious? You have religion. Oh, some of you don't have religion. The Bible says, if you claim to be... How many of you are Christians? Christianity is a religion. <laughs> okay? Christianity is a religion. So if you are a Christian, that means you have a religion. It means you are religious. <laughs> Sometimes you are afraid of the Bible when it's coming, right? So you lie low. Let me see what is coming before I raise my hand. But the scripture says, James 1 verse 26... He says, if you claim to be religious, but don't control your tongue, you are fooling yourself. And your religion is worthless. Wow. If you claim to be religious, <laughs> if you say you are a Christian, and you see certain food and you can't control yourself. I'm reading the scriptures. 
if you can't control your tongue, if you can't control what your tongue says, what your tongue brings out, or what your tongue takes in, then you are fooling yourself. It means that religion is supposed to help us control the tongue. Being a Christian should help you to control your tongue. Isn't that so? That means Christians should be able to control even what we eat. Christians, we should be able to say sugar is not good. I'm not going to be eating sugar. We should be able to say that. We should be able to say I will put half teaspoon of sugar in my tea or no sugar in my tea. We should be able to say that. We should be able to say that we won't eat certain foods. We should have that power to control the tongue. So the Bible says, if you claim, how many of you claim to be religious? Now I see some hands up. How many of you claim to be Christians? So the Bible says, if you claim to be religious, but don't control your tongue, you don't have control over your tongue, you are fooling yourself. And your religion is worthless. Wow. It's amazing. When I read the scripture, I said, wow, this Bible, you know. So you, may be, you, you must be able to control what comes out of your mouth. The words that you say. The words that you speak. The things that you say. You must have control over them. If you claim to be a Christian. You shouldn't say it's a slip of tongue. <laughs> there should be nothing like a slip of tongue. You should be able to control your tongue. Hallelujah. So just as a radar can control the ship, the, the captain can use the radar to control the ship, so we can also use the tongue to control our whole life, to divert the course or to define the course of our whole life. Our tongue. Amen. See, oftentimes, you know, we attribute certain things to demonic powers and demonic works and we think some demon is doing us you know and then you you are considering you know sometimes you look at people's faces among your family members you look who looks like a witch or a wizard isn't that so oh true sometimes you look at certain behavior certain people their behavior and you think that this is the cause of your troubles you know, some people, they have lost their teeth and things like that. You think they are witches. They are, they are not that old, but they have lost all their teeth. And they look like, their face look like witches. Do you see? And then you blame them for being the cause of all your troubles. True or not true? Oh, be honest. That there are some people that when you, when you, among your relatives, there are certain people you are afraid to go close to them. Because their faces to you, by your assessment, they look like witches. And you think they are the cause of your trouble. But I'm telling you that the, most of the cause of your trouble is your tongue. Amen. You use your tongue to dig graves for yourselves. Amen. Matthew chapter 12 and verse 36. Matthew chapter 12 and verse 36. But I say unto you that every idle word that 
men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. Your words. Your words. You see, we need to be aware of these things. Jesus is saying that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof. In the day of judgment, every idle word, that means every word that comes out of your mouth. Do you know what is idle word? Idle word, the ESV says, every careless word, every careless word, every careless word. Now, Idle words from the King James was translated from the Greek phrase rima agos, which means every empty word or every careless word. So every careless words that we speak, the Bible says, we shall give account. So we have to be able to control our tongues that every word that is coming out of your mouth, once it comes out, you'll give account. You see, it's different from you have thought about it. That is a different judgment. Do you understand? That is a different judgment. Because sometimes you can think of certain things and then this is what you really would have loved to say. But you say, for the fear of God. I won't say that. Those are not what we are talking about. Jesus is saying the words that come out of your mouth. Because once you say, once you think of things, once the thoughts come, and you say, for the sake of God, I will not say it. It means you have controlled the tongue. Do you understand? It means you have control over the tongue. It means your religion is worthful. It's worth, it's worth living or is worthy. Your religion, in other words, is not worthless. Do you understand? It has value. But the moment the words come out of your mouth, Understand that you will give judgment or you will give account of it. So every idle word means every careless So in your moments of anger, the careless words that come out, or in your moments of joy, that, oh, we, are, we were just fooling around and we were just saying certain things. Those words, you will give account. You will give account. Amen. You will give account of every idle word. It's very serious, isn't that so? See, when words are spoken, they cause a permanent impression. When words come out, you can't take them back. The moment words come out, the, the harm that they cause or the good that they cause is permanent. You can't take it back. It causes irreversible damage once you speak. Even though you may apologize, those are also other words that you give account for. The words that will follow. Do you understand? So I want us to look at some few examples of how words affected certain people in the scriptures. Mark chapter 14. Mark chapter 14 and verse 66.
Mark chapter 14 and verse 66. He says, and as Peter was beneath in the palace, there cometh one of the maids of the high priest. Now, this is when Jesus was arrested and the disciples have scattered and everyone was afraid. So Peter was also hiding, sort of. And the Bible says, as, because Peter wanted to see what they were going to do to Jesus. So he was mingling with the people as if all the people were going to look. So he was also going to look. And as Peter was beneath in the palace, there cometh one of the maids of the high priest. When, and when she saw Peter warming himself. So Peter joined people who were just warming themselves, you know, around some fire. And she looked upon him and said, And thou also was with Jesus of Nazareth. And he denied, saying, I know not. Neither understand. Can we give you, let's read the NIV. Let's read the NIV. We can continue. It's okay. It says, but he denied it. I don't know or understand what you are talking about. Yeah. The little girl, the little girl said, go back. <laughs> when she saw Peter warming himself, she looked closely at him. She says, I've seen you somewhere before. She looked closely at him. You also were with that Nazarene Jesus. Then Peter said, I don't know or understand. He said, I don't even understand. I can't think madness. I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> I can't think far. <laughs> Suddenly, Peter doesn't even speak the language. <laughs> he says, I don't even understand what you're saying. He said, I don't know or understand <laughs> what you are talking about. Means I don't know what you are talking about and I don't understand. It's like I have no idea who this Nazarene, what is Nazarene? What is Jesus? Is that the name or is um, a title? <laughs> Suddenly, the man does not speak the language. Do you understand? But he denied it. I don't know or understand what you are talking about. He said, and went out into the entryway. Because someone is trying to identify me. When the servant girl saw him there, she said again, that means the same girl. <laughs> the girl was really, she was really after Peter. <laughs> You know, you know, sometimes when you are sure of something, you know, I think she was just following. Said, ah, am I seeing things? I know this man. You know, so she, I think she followed Peter. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Peter was in fire, on fire. Little girl, small girl. Sometimes you want to just shut up, smoke. Where did you see me? So when the servant girl saw him there, she said again to those standing around, This fellow 
It's one of them. Again, he denied it. After a little while, those standing near said to Peter, Surely, you are one of them. You are a Galilean. You see? He began to call down curses on himself. Peter! (laughs) He began to call down curses on himself. I'm talking about the words that come out of our mouth. He began to call, call down curses on himself. Curses on himself. And he swore to them. You see, the Bible even didn't want to record. I think the words that he was saying, they were not like nice. So the Bible didn't even tell us what he was saying. He was just cursing. What are you? Come on. Come on. Come on. Me, look at me. This is Peter. Raining curses. And he swore to them. Peter is swearing. Say, I don't know this man you are talking about. <laughs> Seriously, Kofi. <laughs> I don't know who you're talking about. Say, I don't know this man you are talking about. Then verse 72, immediately the rooster crowed the second time. Then Peter remembered the word of Jesus had spoken to him. The word Jesus had spoken to him before the rooster crows twice. You will disown me three times. You will disown me three times. You will disown me three times. And he broke down and wept. But he has said what he has said already. So when Jesus resurrected, when Jesus resurrected, and he appeared before Mary, Magdalene, and the other Mary. Look at the message that the angel gave to Mary in Mark chapter 16, verse 7. Mark chapter 16 and verse 7. He says, but go tell his disciples. This is the angel telling the woman. When this, he said, this Jesus is not here. If you go back to the previous, maybe the next Previous, he says, don't be alarmed. He said, you are looking for Jesus the Nazarene who was crucified. He has risen. He's not here. See the place where they laid him. But go tell his disciples and Peter. He disowned him. He also disowned him. The words that Peter spoke. He says, go tell his disciples and tell Peter also. So Peter was not included in his disciples by his own words. He said, go tell Peter and his disciples he's going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. Do you understand? So by his own words, he has eliminated himself from the disciples of Christ. And he also disowned him. He said, go tell his disciples. Go and tell my disciples and tell Peter also. Amen. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? By his own words. So Peter by his own words has brought curses upon himself. He has brought curses upon himself. 
So Peter needed to be redeemed from these curses by disowning him. How many times? Three times. Three times. He brought these curses upon himself. Three times. They asked him, are you not part of them? No, I'm not. Are you not one of them? No, I'm not. Are you not one of them? No, I'm not. So in order to break these curses, in John chapter 21, when Jesus appeared to them again, I believe verse 15 and towards, when Jesus appeared to them again, he asked Peter three times, if you love me, one. So Peter didn't understand. He says, Peter, do you love me? Simon Peter, do you love me? Second time. He says, Lord, I love you. And then third time, Simon Peter, do you love me? And then he gave up. He says, thou knowest, Lord. Three times to break these curses. By his own words, he eliminated himself. Amen. Genesis chapter 27. Genesis chapter 27, verse 12. Look at, this is when Isaac wanted to bless his children. When Isaac was dying or towards the end of his life and he wanted to bless his children, Rebecca had, and look at what happened. Rebecca told Jacob, which happened to be her favorite son, for Rebecca favored Jacob over Esau, she told Jacob to go and fetch food and bring it and let him kill it, bring it, let her cook it and prepare the meal for the father to eat so that he will bless Jacob. And showed him how to fake to be Esau, put all these things on you. And so Jacob was afraid. And Jacob said, what if my father touches me? I would appear to be tricking him and would bring down a curse on myself rather than a blessing. His mother said to him, my son, let the curse fall on me. Let the curse fall on me. You see, we have to be very careful with the words that we speak. We have to be very careful the words that proceed out of our mouth. He says, let the curse fall on me. Just do what I say. Go and get them for me. Let the curse fall on me. You know, sometimes we say things and we think that they are just words. If it happened to you, oh, then let it be on me. For this to happen to you, then let it be on me. It will be on you. Because these are words that we speak. And the words that we speak, they have power. Our tongue has the power to speak life and to speak death. So he says, let the curse be on me. The next verse, so he went and got them and brought them to his mother. And she prepared some tasty food. Just the way his father liked it. Do you see? That's verse. Then Rebecca took the best clothes of Esau, her older son, which she, had, which she had in the house, and put them on her younger son, Jacob. Now, it goes on, and if you continue to read, 
you realize Jacob came, the father mistook him for Esau, and the father blessed him. And then the father, Jacob left, and Esau came, and we know the story. Now, Esau was very angry, and Rebekah wanted Jacob to run away from the place and go away from the place. So verse 46. Rebekah said to Isaac, I am disgusted with living because of these Hittite women. You see, Rebekah's worse. He says, I am disgusted with living. You know, sometimes we say that. I am tired of life. I'm tired of this job. I'm tired of this marriage. I am disgusted of living. I'm tired of living. He said, she said, I am disgusted with living because of these Hittite women. You know, she's just trying to make an excuse for Jacob to escape. But she has to come up with something. So she's the one that came up with this disgustful Hittite woman. If Jacob takes a wife from among the women of this land, from Hittite women like this, my life will not be worth living. This is Rebecca. Rebecca had words that were like raining curses upon her life. And sometimes mothers do that for their children. He says, I'm disgusted of life. Now, if you look in the scriptures, you realize that at the end of this chapter, that was the close of Rebecca. We never heard of Rebecca again. Rebecca, the mother of Jacob and Esau, the mother of Israel, the mother of Jacob. We did not hear of Rebecca again in the scriptures. We didn't know how he died. We don't know when he, she, how she died. We don't know when she died. And we don't know what killed her. We don't know where she died. Rebecca is not counted among the great women in the scriptures. When the Bible is talking about the great women, Rebecca is not one of them. Though she is the mother of Israel. Because of our ways. Because of the things that we say. Amen. I mean, some churches, they worship Mary, the mother of Jesus. No, nobody talks about Rebecca. Of course, once in a while, you find somebody's name, Becky, Rebecca. They don't want to say Rebecca, they say Becky. <laughs> Isn't that so? Yeah. So we never heard of Rebecca again. So the words that we speak, they rain curses upon our lives. The words that we speak, the words that we say, I'm tired of this life. It, it, would have been, it would have been better if I was dead. How many of you have heard that before? The way life is, I, I will be better off dead. Sometimes your children are troubling you and you say, you will kill me. You, these children, you will kill me. You are going to die from these children. Oh, yes. You say, I will die because of you. You will die because of them. You see, the words that we speak, Jesus is saying that every idle word that we speak, we shall give account. Every idle word on the day of judgment, 
So you are piling a lot of words for judgment. The idle ones, the important, the ones that are important to you, we give account for every one of them. I'm tired of this marriage. You know, do you know you are not the even you are not even the person that I was going to marry? You were lucky that I married you because you were not the one that I was going to marry. How many of you have, not you, but you have heard someone say that before? (laughs) I've regretted the day I married you. I've regretted the day I set eyes on you. I've regretted the day I, 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 I saw you. The words that we speak. Amen. Matthew chapter 27. Matthew chapter 27. Verse 17. Matthew 27 verse 17. It says, this is when Jesus was arrested and they brought him to before Pilate. So when the crowd had gathered, Pilate asked them, which one do you want me to release to you? Barabbas or Jesus, who is called Christ? For he knew it was out of envy that they had handed Jesus over to him. While Pilate was sitting on the judge's seat, his wife sent him this message. Don't have anything to do with that innocent man. For I have suffered a great deal today in a dream because of him. But the chief priests and elders persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas and to have Jesus executed. Which of the two do you want me to release to you? Asked the governor. Barabbas, they answered. What shall I do then with Jesus who is called Christ? Pilate asked. They all answered, crucify him. Why? What crime has he committed? Asked Pilate. But they shouted all the louder, crucify him. When Pilate saw that he was getting nowhere, but that instead an uproar was starting, he took water and washed his hands in front of the crowd. I am innocent of this man's blood, he said. It's your responsibility. You see, sometimes some of us need to take that stand. You know, there are some people, they feel by all means they have to support the crowd. They they feel by all means they have to say something to add to it. A form of belonging. You are in a car and some people have brought a topic. They are talking about the pastor. I think you should just wash your hands. It's your responsibility. He says, I am innocent. He said, I am innocent of this man's blood. Sometimes you have to say, I am innocent of this pastor's blood. <laughs> it's your responsibility. But there are some people, they feel by all means they have to contribute. By all means, they have to say something. And even add what is not true. Just so they also feel like, or they also appear as we also have information. 
So he says, it is your responsibility. All the people answered. Listen to what he said. Let his blood be on us and our children. You see? Let his blood be on us and on our children. So, you see, these words that they spoke, no wonder all the things that are happening in Israel. On them and on their children. All the things that are happening in Israel. They say, let his blood be on us and on our children. Look at the Holocaust. You see, they are blessed people, but everywhere they go, some type of hatred. Look at the Holocaust. How many of them were killed? Look at, there's not been peace in Israel. Never. Because of their own words. They say, let his blood be on us and on our children. You see, sometimes we speak and we think, oh, we were in the crowd. I mean, we were just in a crowd and we were just shouting. You see, when you are in a crowd like this and everyone is saying, crucify him, crucify him. You see, sometimes someone just starts something in a crowd. Do you see? And then we all join. Choboy, yay, choboy, choboy. Crucify him, crucify him. And then you see it's building, and then it's building. And then you are standing all the way in the back, but you see it has reached you. And then you also look around. Crucify him, crucify him. And then they say, let his blood be on us. And then you say, let his blood be on us. Let his blood be on us. And on our children. On our children too. You see, he says, if you are a Christian and you cannot control your tongue, then your religion is worthless. If you can't control your tongue, if you can't identify and say, these words that I'm speaking, it will come, they will come back to me. If you don't have that ability... The scripture is saying, then your religion is worthless. I didn't say it. I'm, I dare not say something like that. It means your Christianity is worthless. You being a Christian, you say you are a Christian, is worthless. So this is the reason why all the problems happening to these people and their children. He said, let it be upon us and our children. Our children that are, some of them didn't have children at the time. But they receive it for them in advance. They receive it for them. Generational curses rain upon, you see, there are some, some of us, our ancestors and our parents have raised some generational curses. You see, that is why you need to pray against these things. And you don't, also don't add to them. Do you understand? You go to the doctor and they say, do you have any family history of this? This person has this, this person has. Don't claim it. And you say, minus me. I'm not, don't even ask me. You say, I will tell you what they have, but not me. I don't have it. I don't have it. I don't have, I will never have breast cancer. I will never have liver cancer. I will never have uh, ovarian cancer. So they say, oh, it, it, your aunt has this, your first aunt, your second aunt has it, then you can have it. You say, no, I will not have it. Don't receive it. Never say, oh, it runs in our family. As for alcohol, it runs in our family. 
He said, God forbid. Amen. Nothing runs in your family. It stops at your and your generation. It stops right there. It doesn't go beyond. Amen. So this, your mother suffered this. Your auntie suffered from this. This one suffered from this. That is them. Minus me. Amen. They receive the curses upon themselves and pass it on upon their children. He says, let his blood be on us and on our children. Amen. Amen. Numbers chapter 13. You see, these are spiritual principles. And God respects spiritual principles. God respects spiritual principles. He says that the life and death they lie in the power of the tongue. Your tongue has power to pronounce life and it has power to pronounce death. It means your tongue has power to pronounce happiness and power to pronounce sadness. Your tongue can pronounce joy in your life. You see, somebody's words, somebody's words just come into your life can bring such discouragement. Oh, you don't know that? There are some people, when you listen to them, you will be totally discouraged. They are worse. They have not done anything. They have not taken anything from your pocket. They have not given you anything in your hand. Just they are worse. It will bring total discouragement. You are excited. You are planning to do something and you are full of excitement. And then you come to meet someone and then you, you tell the person this. And the words that will come out of that person, it will kill all your excitement. Worse. Worse, it has that power. And other people's words can also bring joy in you. Just people's words. Bring encouragement. Bring certain strength. Making you want to move. Gives you energy. Just words. They have not given you food to eat. They have not given you any candy, no sugar. But their words brings you energy. Do you understand? The power of words. Numbers chapter 13. Numbers chapter 13 and verse 26. Numbers chapter 13 and verse 26. It says, these are the people that Moses sent to spy the land, the promised land, the land that God has promised them. So they went. They came back to Moses and Aaron and the whole Israelite community at Kadesh in the desert of Paran. There they reported to them and to the whole assembly and showed them the fruit of the land. They gave Moses this account. We went into the land to which you sent us and it does flow with milk and honey. Here is evidence. Here is fruit from the land. But. <laughs> but. You see? But. The people who live there are powerful. And the cities are fortified. And very large. <laughs> are you surprised that this is a promised land? 
Are you surprised that this is a description of what God is promising you? If it is a, a land that flows with milk and honey, do you expect the people who are living there to be skinny and lean and... Are you not expecting that there are people who have lived well because the land is fruitful? He said, they said, but the people who live there are powerful. And the cities are fortified and very large. It's a goodly land. So would they not fortify the land? But it is the same land that God has promised them. We even saw descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites, like in the Negev. You see, the Amalekites live in the Negev. The Hittites, Jebusites, and Amorites. You know the names they were bringing out. They all live in the hill country. And the Canaanites live near the sea along the Jordan. So they are positioning these people around to tell you that. Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, We should go up and take possession of the land. For we can certainly do it. We can certainly do it. You see, he saw the same things. He saw a powerful land, great land, fortified cities. He saw powerful people. In the same place, he saw the Jebusites, the Hittites, he saw the Amalekites. But he said, we should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. Words have come out of his mouth. Words have come out of his mouth. Words have come out of his mouth. Do you see? But the man who had gone up with him said, we can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are. We can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report. So they went about telling the rest of the church, bad report. Bad report. You know, there are some people, I'm telling you, they are worse. You have to be very careful. Worse are worse. When words come into your life, you have to be very careful. They have... There are certain people, after you have encountered them, you say, ah, what kind of marriage have I found myself? You see, you were very happy in the marriage. People's words. People's words. So, you see, they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. They said, the land we explored devours those living in it. The land eats the people living in it. Meanwhile, they saw powerful people. But the land eats the people. <laughs> I tell you, when someone wants to destroy you, <laughs> when people are bent on giving bad reports, you see, and we are people that sometimes we don't think deep. We don't think deep to say that, how can you say the land has powerful people, you know, flowing with milk and honey, and at the same time, it devours the people that live there. But we see, we don't analyze things for ourselves. We don't say, ah, 
How can you say this about this pastor? Meanwhile, you know, he has done this for me. He did this for me. How, how bad can he be? And you are close to him. And you don't even come to tell him what you have heard also. <laughs> Salome, do you understand the word of God? Yeah. Is somebody understand what I'm sharing with you? You see, the people are saying that the land devours the people. Meanwhile, they are saying that they are powerful people in the land. He says, the land we explore devours those living in it. All the people we saw, they are of great size. They are of great size. We saw the Nephilim, the descendants of Anak. We will get there, don't worry. Just don't fast forward. We saw the Nephilim, the descendants of Anak, came from the Nephilims. We seem like grasshoppers in our own eyes. And we look the same to them. That means the way we assess our... <laughs> you see, I mean, how, how would you know in somebody's mind... You see, we, we don't analyze things for ourselves. How would you know in somebody's mind that this is how you appear to me in my mind? He says, we seem like grasshoppers in our own eyes. Okay, that we can accept. And we look the same to them. To them also, they saw us as grasshoppers. <laughs> which, and meanwhile, they were spies. Which means that the people were not supposed to see them. Because if they had seen them, they would have killed them. Meanwhile, the people, in their own eyes, the people seem to like grasshoppers. You see, we have to be very careful. We have to be very careful that, you see, people just say things to destroy what is good. Whenever someone is destroying what seems to be good in your eyes, analyze the person and analyze the things that the person is saying and put things together and say, how bad can that be? How bad can that be? Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? He says, we saw them as giants. And we look in their eyes, we look to them like grasshoppers. But in their own eyes also, we could see that we are looking to them. Meanwhile, the people didn't see them because they were spies. That night, all the people of the community raised their voices and wept aloud. <laughs> no analysis. No analysis. <laughs> they just put their hands. And you can imagine the curses that they were raining on themselves. We are dead. Look, listen. Let's continue to read. All the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron. And the whole assembly said to them, If only we had died in Egypt or in this desert. Why is the Lord bringing us to this land only to let us fall by the sword? Our wives and our children will be taking us plunder. They are worse. Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? And they said to each other, we should choose a leader and go back to Egypt. <laughs> we need a shepherd. We need a shepherd. 
Let's change the shepherd. We need someone who will take us back to Egypt. We need one who is stronger. <laughs> we need one who will take us back to Egypt. Then Moses and Aaron fell face down in front of the whole Israelite assembly and gathered there. I mean, look at this. Just because of someone's report, Moses and Aaron fell face down in front of the whole Israelite assembly. Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, son of Jephunneh, who were among those who had explored the land, tore their clothes and said to the entire Israelite assembly, the land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into that land, a land flowing with milk and honey, and will give it to us. Amen. Amen. Look at that. Only do not rebel against the Lord. And do not be afraid of the people of the land. Because we will swallow them up. Ash. We will swallow them up. You see, these are your ways. These are your ways. These are your ways. We will swallow them up. Let the enemy come. I will swallow him up. He will swallow them up. Their protection is gone. But the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. Do not be afraid of them. Amen. But the whole assembly talk about stoning them. <laughs> you see, bad news, eh, it gets deeper in the heart. I'm telling you. Bad news, it gets deeper into the heart. I tell you, more than good news can penetrate. So they thought about stoning them. Then the glory of the Lord appeared at the tent of meeting to all the Israelites. Because if the Lord has not appeared, Caleb and Joshua, <laughs> they would have been meat. <laughs> Hallelujah. What verse is that? Verse 10. And then verse 12, it says, verse 11, the Lord said to Moses, how long would these people treat me with contempt? How long would they refuse to believe in me in spite of all the miraculous signs I have performed among them? I will strike them down with a plague and destroy them. But I will make you, that was to Moses, I will make you into a nation greater and stronger than they. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Now let's jump to verse 20. Verse 20. So Moses, I mean from this verse on until verse 20, Moses and Aaron were pleading, begging the Lord, praying and seeking the face of God to forgive them and so on and so forth. Now verse Verse 20, it says, The Lord replied, I have forgiven them as you asked. Nevertheless, words have gone out. Words have been spoken. Nevertheless, as surely as I live, and as surely as the glory of the Lord fills the whole earth, not one of them, not one of the men who saw my glory and the miraculous signs I performed in Egypt and in the desert, but who disobeyed me and tasted me and tested me ten times, not one of them will ever see the land I promised on oath to their forefathers. No, I said, no, no one who has treated me with contempt will ever see it. 
Verse 24. But because my servant Caleb has a different spirit and follows me wholeheartedly, I will bring him into the land he went to and his descendants will inherit it. Now look at verse 25. It says, Since the Amalekites and the Canaanites are living in the valley, turn back tomorrow and set out towards the desert along the, ro- the route to the Red Sea. You see, this is the same enemies. This is, these are the same people that the people saw. And the Lord knew that the Amalekites, they live in the land. But he promised to give this land to them. So he said, since the Amalekites, go back. Since the Amalekites and the Canaanites are living in the valleys, turn back tomorrow and set out towards the desert along the route to the Red Sea. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron, how long will this wicked community grumble against me? I have heard the complaints of these grumbling Israelites. I have heard. I have heard the complaints of these grumbling Israelites. You see, sometimes the Lord brings us to a land that is rich, flowing with milk and honey, but we murmur and grumble and complain. Sometimes we cry to the Lord to bring us to a certain place, and he has brought us to a certain place, and we continue to murmur and complain. He says, I have heard the complaints of these grumbling Israelites. The next verse. So tell them, as surely, I want you to pay attention to this. I want you to pay attention to this scripture. He says, so tell them, as surely as I live, declares the Lord, I will do to you the very things I heard you say. I will do to you the very things I heard you say. I will do to you the very things I heard you say. You say, let the curse be upon us. I will do to you. I am going to die. I will do to you. I wish I was never married to you. I will do to you. I wish I never had you as a child. I will do to you. He says, I will do to you the same things. He says, I will do to you the very things I heard you say. Some of you, God has brought us to a goodly land. But we never stop murmuring. And we never stop complaining. Small problem. You lose your job a little bit, you start, a, you start complaining. You lose your job for just a few, you start complaining. You start complaining. And this land is too hard. This thing, things are not easy in this place. Things are too hard. Hey! Things are too hard. I will do to you the same, the very things I heard you say. Sometimes your relatives just ask for something small. They call you and they ask for something small, small thing, and then you start. Hey, you don't know how this place is, eh? You don't. This place, and you start raining all kinds of. And the Bible is saying, "I will do to you the very thing I heard you say." Is somebody understanding the word of God this evening? The Bible says in Psalm 102, Psalm 107 verse 2, it says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. If the Lord has redeemed us, we ought to say so. We ought to say that the Lord has redeemed us. If the Lord has redeemed us, we ought to say, I am victorious. We ought to say, I am an overcomer. 
Whenever you encounter something, you say, I am an overcomer. I am victorious. You say, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. You see, you have to make confession of the promises that the Lord has given us. You have to, the, the, word, the thing that we say, he says, I will do the very things I heard you say. I will do to you the very things I heard you say. So you say, I am a conqueror. I am an overcomer. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He says, with men it's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. I can do this too. Joshua, he says, Caleb, he says let us go. We can certainly. He says, we will swallow them. He says, we will swallow the enemies. He says, yes, I know it is difficult for a lot of people, but not me. Yes, a lot of the members in the family have this, but not me. They all have this problem, but not me. You say, this pain in the knee is not going to kill me. It's not taking me down. It's not going to make me sit in a wheelchair. I will arise and I will walk. Make that proclamation. Amen. He says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. He says, because he lives, I can live. I will face tomorrow. Because Christ lives in me, I will face tomorrow. Tomorrow I will eat. Tomorrow I will sleep. I will sleep and I will arise. I say, I'm going to bed and I will sleep. The Lord gives us his beloved rest and peace and sleep. So I will sleep tonight. Amen. Amen. Single woman, you have to pro- profess. He says, I am marrying a godly husband. A godly man. A God-fearing man. I am marrying a man that fears God. I am marrying a true Christian. I am married. You see, make that confession. Claim your date. Set your wedding date. And believe it. Amen. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? Don't be like the people of Israel. Amen. Don't be like the people of Israel. It says that if you cannot use your tongue, you can't control the things that come from your tongue then your religion is useless. According to the book of James. I didn't say it. Then your religion is useless. Do you understand? You see, we have, uh, we have accepted so many things, so many curses upon our lives. And they say, let, that blood, let his blood be upon us and upon our children. There is power in your mouth. Your tongue has power to bring life. Or to bring death. I will choose life. I say I will choose life. I say I will choose life. I will live and I will not die. I will go forward and never backward. I will be up and never beneath. I am a head and not a tail. I am leading. I am not following. Yes. By the power of your tongue. You are taking a course. You say this course I can do it. Oh this way I can do it. This paper I will get an A. Meanwhile, you don't know what you are going to write, but you say you'll get an A. You say, everyone has filled this paper. They say that everyone that, this professor, everyone that takes his class gets a C. The best in his class is a C. You say, minus me. I am getting A in his class. A. A. Do not be, do not be overcome by the things that other people are saying. 
and then agree with them and say that so. I think the best that I'm going to have in this class is a C. Why? Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Hallelujah. Put your hands together for the Lord. Let the redeemed of the Lord. There is power in your mouth. There is power in your mouth. Power in your mouth. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. You say, I can do all things. I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. I don't know about you, but I can do it. I am getting that job. I have put my application and I am getting it. I am getting that job. They will call me for an interview. I am getting that job. Yes. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Hallelujah. Amen. The power of confession. The power of confession. The power of confession. Oh, Jesus. The power, the power, it lies in the tongue. Life and death, it lies in the power of the tongue. The tongue has power. For tonight, we thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you, Father, that you have placed such power in our tongues. Lord, we will speak life. We will speak victory. We will say we are overcomers. We say we will move forward and never backward. We will say we are heads and not tails. We will confess positive things. The promises that you have given us. We will make confession of them. We will say greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. We will say let the enemy come and we will swallow up the enemy. We will say we will overcome him by the testimony of our words. By the words that we will speak, we will overcome the enemy. We are grateful Lord. We are thankful. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Father, for this words in Jesus' name. If there's anyone here tonight, you are not born again, you want to give your life to Jesus, you are saying, Pastor, pray with me, I want to give my life to Christ. If that is you, by the confession of your mouth, just by the words from your mouth, you can receive Jesus Christ into your life. If there's anyone here like that, you want to welcome Jesus Christ into your life right now. Lift up your hands and I'll pray with you. Is there anyone here like that? Anyone here like that? You want to give your life to Jesus? Anyone here like that? Is there anyone here like that? Father, we are thankful and grateful tonight. We thank you, Lord, for our salvation. We're grateful. We are thankful. We glorify your name, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't you clap your hands for Jesus as we hope you have been blessed immensely by this message. Join us at 1734 Williamsbridge Road in the Bronx on Sunday afternoons and Tuesday evenings. For copies of this and other messages, contact us via email at lci.bronx at gmail.com.